Welcome to the Behind Their Business Podcast, the show that's peeling back the curtain and showing what's actually happening behind the scenes of running a business. I'm your host, Steph Blake, and each week you'll hear from women at all levels of business who are showcasing their stories of struggle and triumph as they juggle business ownership with day-to-day life. Join us to hear inspiring stories and strategies for starting and growing your own business. Hey everybody, Steph Blake here, and I am so glad that you are here for this week's episode. As usual, it is going to be amazing, so you are in for a treat. But before we dive into that episode, I want you to join our private and 100% free and supportive community for business owners to connect in called the Confident CEO Community. So if you have not joined us yet, here is your invitation to come and join us. Each week I also do a live training to share my best tips and tricks for scaling an online business the easy way. We talk about strategy, team building, mindset, tools, automation, and everything in between to help you confidently step into the CEO role in your business. So you can go to confidentceocommunity.com to join us today. And now let's dive in to this discussion with our incredible guest. We have such a good episode for you guys today. I'm so excited to dive into this. And our guest is going to be talking all about managing a family with three kids, which I can't even fathom. And one of her children has special needs too. So she's going to share about that and how that impacts her time management, her mindset, and just expectations of herself as a mom. And she's also going to, this is something that I know you guys are very excited about, pull back the curtain on the big numbers that go into making a business truly successful because she has a financial background. And we all see those really big flashy numbers that people show from their launches, but they're not always telling the true story. So our guest is going to get really real and break that down for us today. She is a financial life coach and former ads manager for some, for some of the top names in the coaching industry. So she has seen behind the scenes on both revenue, expenses, finances, ad spend, all of it in those multiple six and seven figure launches that you guys are seeing. And after leaving her corporate job as a rocket scientist, which amazing. Like that's so cool. I'm so excited for her to talk about that too. She completed a certification in personal finance planning and got um, her certified financial planner professional designation and helped hundreds of fortune 500 employees as a financial wellness coach at price waterhouse Cooper. So she is a pro on this subject and I cannot wait for her to dive into all of the different topics today. You can learn more about her at helloportia.com and you can find her on Instagram at hello Portia. So please help me welcome Portia Jackson. I'm so glad that you are here today. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Stephanie. Yeah, of course, of course. So before we dive anything, it, before we dive into this topic, I want to just hear about this whole rocket scientist thing. Like, can we just <laughs> <laughs> take a step back and start with how you went from being a rocket scientist, having your family, and then what you're doing now? So can you just take us on that journey? Yeah, my resume is uh, quite eclectic, and I think my parents are still a little bit confused as to what I'm doing with life, but 
they're okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, so educationally, I guess, um, I was trained as in, in engineering. So I went to the University of Michigan undergrad, got my degree in mechanical engineering, ended up going to USC, um, Southern California, to get my PhD in material science. And so I was in the aerospace industry working with the US Air Force. Um, I did an internship over in Japan for their version of NASA and was really into like, oh, maybe I'm going to be an astronaut. But believe it or not, I was one inch too short, which didn't make sense to me because I figured there's not a lot of room in space, like not inside, like space itself is huge, right? But inside, you know, your little rocket thing, it's not a lot. So I think you would want tiny people, but I digress. But yeah, so I was in that field for about um, five years. I initially got my PhD because I, I love teaching. I love kind of taking complicated topics and ideas and making it into something that's practical and easy to apply. Cause I had so many boring professors, um, no offense to if there's any Michigan <laughs> professors listening to this, but in engineering, it tends to be very dry. And I'm like, I really want to do this. Um, but in grad school, I realized it's more about grant writing, not so much teaching. And I was like, all right, peace out. I'm out. But I had two years left. I'm like, I'm going to finish this. Cause I already started it. And it's kind of cool to say that you're a rocket scientist. So worked in the aerospace industry for about five years. During that time is when I got married, I had my first child, um, which is the one that has special needs, had my second one, and realized I need a lot more flexibility in my schedule. And so it, corporate life was not really what was going to provide that. And so that's when I actually um, started to dip my toe into the vast waters of online entrepreneurship, because I knew I needed something that I could do from home. And this was pre-pandemic before everybody was on the work from home train, right? Um, and so really, it was just life kind of led me down to this path. And it started with one search. I remember <laughs> it was a Google search that got me into um, one specific podcast that, and you know, all the, the pieces started to kind of fall where they, where they fell. And here we are today. And that was gosh, eight years ago. That's so funny. I always say that my online journey started with a Facebook ad. So yeah. <laughs> I, because I was targeted very well by ad with a Facebook ad, and that's how I entered the online world about five years ago. So it's great to hear from other people who have been in this space for a long time. I almost feel like we're like the quote unquote dinosaurs of this era because now yeah. everybody is now jumping on board. It's so true. And the thing is, I have so many courses that I bought because I was a course junkie for a while. And then I was like Same. a mastermind junkie for a while. And then I was like an event junkie. Like I'm always like, I want to be better. I want to learn more. But so, so much of that, even from just a couple of years ago was so outdated now because it changes so fast. Um, and that's just something I learned too, is to just kind of, you know, take action now. Cause it's, it's just going to change. Like even from February of this year to now it's already changed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so funny that you mentioned that because I bought a Pinterest course years and years ago, and mm -hmm. I'm now starting to add Pinterest into my strategy. So I went back to look at it and I was like, all of this stuff is outdated. None of this even yeah. this is not helpful in the yep. slightest. And so in my mind, I just have to like declutter all the time. I'm kind of like a minimalist, even though you can't tell from my office right now, cause we're decluttering for a garage sale. But, um, I just had to draw a line in the sand. I'm like, anything I've purchased before this date, unless I'm actively using it right, right now, I'm just considering it as like, it's just dead to me. And then just from here, here on out, it's just like anything I purchase, I have to use as soon as I purchase it. I'm no longer getting roped into like, Oh, this is like a black Friday sale or, you know, whatever. It's just kind of like, you just got to take action and see where it goes. I'm the same way now, but in the beginning too, I was buying everything that came across my Instagram. Oh yeah. I was in everybody's program at one point. Yeah. Same. Yeah. But it also got us to this point too. Right. So it's just like, okay. it is what it is. Like, I don't, I don't regret any of the things that I've done. Like, cause at the same time, it's like the knowledge we have now is because we did all of that. Of course we can look back and be like, Oh, 2013 Porsche shouldn't have done that. Well, 2013 Porsche didn't know what 2021 Porsche knows. Right. So it's a little bit unfair and that's 
some of the stuff I've had to work through too, as my, as far as mindset and business and all the things. For sure. For sure. Anybody who's been doing it for a while has been forced to work through those mindset (laughs) issues that come up. So can we talk about your family a little bit before we dive into the numbers that I know that people really want to hear about, but I just, I really want to hear about the dynamics of what it looks like in your life and your business. So I know you have three kids Mm -hmm. um, and I know you mentioned their ages before we went live, but do you want to just kind of explain what that looks like for you and your family? Yeah. So it's myself. It's my husband. We've been married for a little over 10 years. Our oldest daughter, which is our honeymoon baby, Johanna is nine. She's the one that has special needs. Um, She has a condition called lysencephaly. So her brain wasn't formed correctly in utero, but we didn't know this until she was turning one, like a couple of days before her first birthday, she started having really massive seizures. And we're like, this is not normal. And I had been saying that a few months prior and everybody's like, oh, you're a first time mom. You're, you know, you're being a little paranoid or whatever. It's like, we'll just check at her one year appointment. And I was right the whole time I was right. So again, if you have like that inkling in your gut about like anything, listen to it. Now I didn't know what it was, but I just knew something was just like, this isn't right. Like everybody else's kid is like, making them crazy. My kid's like a little bit too low key, but anyway, so that's that. I have, and a, then, I have a story about that. I just want to interrupt you Yeah, because I have a very similar story. So before my son was born, you get all the ultrasounds and everything. Mm-hmm. And we got one of his ultrasounds. It was further along in the pregnancy and one of his lips looked like it was a cleft lip. So mm-hmm. it was like, okay, that looks strange. So we asked a bunch of people to look at it. We have friends who are doctors. We asked them to like review the ultrasound. They're like, oh no, no, no. It's just a shadow. There's nothing to worry about. And I'm like, that's not true. I I knew I had this. I had this feeling that something was going on. And even my husband, he's a nurse. He looked at it and, and then my son came out guess what? He had a cleft lip and nobody believed me that it was happening. I said, this is my child. I, I know I understand this. And thank goodness it wasn't a massive cleft. It was just a small one that was easily repaired with surgery, but mm-hmm. still it's just that mother's intuition. You don't, yes. don't tell a mother that she is not right. <laughs> she, yeah. she knows she knows. Yeah. And it's so true. And it's really in all areas of our life. Cause I've been kind of diving into like more, like learning more about my intuition. Cause there's been times where I'm like, I was spot on and didn't do it or I was spot on. and I did, or, you know, I was what I, I thought it was, but it was more like my ego or just like fear kind of is, you know, so it's a thin line there, but it's, if you're feeling it as strongly as we did, it, it sounds like, then I would definitely, you know, kind of follow through with that. But yeah, so that was our journey with that. Then we had um, our middle daughter, Jessica, and then um, in between Jessica and our little, our smallest one now, Jordy, who's three, we had, um, we adopted a child uh, for a while. We brought him home from the hospital. And in California, the birth mother has up to, I believe it's 30 days to change her mind. And on like day 27 or so, she changed her mind. So we had to um, return him to his birth mother. So that was a whole thing. And then after that, we had, we got pregnant and that was a miscarriage. And then we had Jordy. So I say that I've been a mom to five kids and I just have three of them with me, but it's definitely been a journey. And then, you know, the pandemic hit. So like everybody else, we got an air fryer and then we got a dog, um, probably would have been another kid, but I got my, I had three C-sections. I was like, we're done. Um, I had my tubes tied for the last one, but yeah. So now we also have our boy, Vino. So that's our family. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, when you said that you had to give your adopted child up, I literally got goosebumps on my body because I've only seen that happening in movies, which probably yeah. sounds, it sounds I was like, is this a lifetime special or like right. what is going on? It, like the whole thing was just so dramatic the way the whole thing like went down, but 
I feel like everything happens for us, not necessarily to us. And it was, it was weird because it was like a grieving period for someone who didn't die. Um, but it, you know, that's just, that's life, right? Like you just kind of, for those four weeks, he had an amazing life. I don't know what happened after that, but for that period of time, for whatever reason, we were meant to be his parents. So, yeah, well, I'm glad that you were able to be with him for that amount of time, at least. And maybe yeah. sometime in the future, you'll be reunited. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. So um, can you just explain a little bit about where your business falls into this? So um, are you, are all of your kids in school right now? Like, what does that look like? Do you have specific days that you work? I just like to kind of paint the picture for people. Yeah. So currently like a snapshot of today, um, all of my kids are in school. So um, pretty much once they turn six months, they've been going back to like daycare or they've been getting entered into like daycare or something like that. I was raised off daycare and being in school. So I never had any issues with that. And I'm like, I think I turned out okay. Hopefully Um, maybe other people disagree. I don't know, but anyway, so yeah, so they're currently in in school full-time school drop-off at three different schools. Lord help me goes pretty much between 7.30 until, and I usually get home around 8.30, Um, And then for most days, I'm able to work until about 1.30, 2 o'clock. And then I go kind of pick them up and I'm doing like more of like a night shift too. Now, again, there's seasons in business, seasons in life that has changed a lot, especially with the, now we're kind of set in our, our routine, but even just a few years ago, it was much different because I left engineering because I wanted to get my certified financial planner designation, but you need three years of experience to do that. Really hard to do when you're working full-time. So transitioned into another corporate job that I left eight months later. Cause I was like, well, that was not what I expected. It was more sales than helping people. Um, and then from there, it was just like, okay, internship here, doing this here, like all getting experience and all has led up to today in its own beautiful form. But in the midst of that was, it was kind of like a hot mess express for like a good two to three years <laughs> in the midst of everything else that was going on. But yeah, right now we're kind of in our groove. Um, it helps that we have like a babysitter that um, we have that can give me a couple of hours, like at night, if I need something or on the weekend. And then, you know, my husband, obviously everybody pretty, at this point pretty much works from home, um, especially because of the pandemic. So we're both here full-time, which also helps too. Yeah, that helps a ton. I am in that season of life currently at the time of recording this where everything is just kind of a crazy mess. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. losing childcare, my son's two and a half at the time of recording this. So it's like toddler life is no joke. It's just crazy because yeah. I'm the one caring for him as well. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess, but it's also a season, right? It is a season. And honestly, yeah. I mean, that's why I laugh when people put out like time management courses that don't have kids. And I get everybody has their yes. life, everybody has their own commitments. This is not like bashing people who don't have kids, but I'm just kind of like, unless you know how you can help me get the most out of like 40 minute spurts, 20 minute spurts, can I send a sales email while I'm in line at the grocery store? Then you're probably not going to be able to help me because your your Pomodoro thing with your tomato timer and all the other little tactics sound really great. And I'm trying to figure out why I didn't know them when I was like single without kids. That probably would have been very helpful. So it's just it's about knowing your your system, right? Because I think a lot of times I had a lot of guilt because I'm like everybody's using these like they're waking all up at like 5 a.m. and doing all this stuff. And ironically, I wake up at 4:30, but that's just to go to the gym because um, I can't go any other time of the day. But I think I had a lot of guilt because I felt like I can't keep to these systems and structures that seem so helpful and beneficial to all these other people. Like, am I not motivated enough? Like, is there something wrong with me? And it's like, no, they don't have your lifestyle. They don't have three kids. They don't have one with special needs. They don't have, you know, all this other stuff that's going on. So I just had to learn to give myself a little bit of grace and just be like, paper planner, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because 
um, when I was in corporate, I was all about the Pomodoro technique yeah. and I was 26, 25, I don't know, single, no uh-huh. kids. I can get a million things done in a day. And that's when I yep. started my business too. So it was easy to work 16 hour days. Was it Absolutely. exhausting? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but- yeah. You know, yeah. Get, getting in the zone for a few hours. I'm just like, Oh, that sounds so awesome. I'm like, my zone is like, okay, I got like, what is that? What's on it now? Paw Patrol 30 minutes. Let's do this, right. you know, or frozen <laughs> exactly. too. If I really have a big project coming up, I'm like, all right, wait, I think Elsa's on the horse. I got to hurry, hurry and wrap this thing up, you know? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. No, but that's so accurate. So what did this look like during COVID? Were your kids doing distance learning at home with you? Yes. Um, for the most of the year. So when did the world shut down? What was that? March, like 2020, um, 20. Yeah. So March until like September was just, it was just, I am hoping we're getting through the day. Like <laughs> literally like in the morning, coffee was my life coach. And at night wine was my life coach. Cause I was just like, let's just get through this day. Um, so yeah, they were all distance learning and which for my oldest is kind of a joke. I mean, she's nonverbal. Um, she's still in diapers, you know, stuff like that. So like their distance learning was let's all hop on zoom at the same time and watch some ABC videos. Shout out to Jack Hartman on YouTube. Um, I'm like, we could do this on our own. Like, why, why do we have to meet for this? Um, my other one had like homework they would send through and like, that was more on your own time. So that did make it a little bit easier. And then my little one at the, she was like, there was no curriculum for her. So she was just fine. Um, my youngest two did go back to school in September. So that helped a lot. Um, and then my, uh, my oldest was able to go back right before Thanksgiving, just because they only allowed the special ed kids to go back. Um, and then that shut down once it, the surge happened and then they were able to go back and march through the rest of the year. So really from March of this year, 2021, it's been pretty stable. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear yeah. that you have some semblance of normalcy. In your yeah. Life and it's like, well, what does normal mean anymore either? Right. So that's a great question. What is normal yeah. for your family right now? Normal for us is like the drop-off. Normal is um, I can pretty much count on three to five hours of uninterrupted work time per day for the most part, Monday through Friday. My um, youngest is home on on Fridays because she's in like this kind of like a homeschool hybrid type of thing. I don't homeschool, but the way it's set up, it's it's kind of complicated to explain, but she goes to school, but it's like a homeschool thing. Um, And then my oldest also has like 15 plus hours of therapy a week. So usually Tuesday, Thursdays, I'm driving an hour to get there. She has two to three hours of therapy sessions. And then it's an hour ride back. Um, we used to go to a place that was closer to our house, but the service wasn't that great. And it's just like the things we do for our kids, right? It's just like, why are we here if you're not that effective? So I was like, you know what? I have podcasts to listen to. Let's just make the journey. Um, so that's also the thing. And that's how I listen to courses and stuff is because I don't have time to sit down and spend those three to five hours going through a super long course. I listened to it in the car and just kind of mentally remember, oh, let me go back because I think they had a visual on that slide or I can kind of fast forward. Everything is in like one and a half to two X speed. That's what that looks like. And then the other days of the week, we have a therapist that comes into the house to work on like behavior therapy and things. And then a lot of chores and stuff on Saturday. And I try to kind of relax on Sunday. My goal is to get a house manager. So a lot of the stuff that doesn't really need to be done by me can be done on somebody by somebody else, but that is kind of my reward for getting to like the next revenue mark in my business. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because that's my next goal too. Well, for my first yeah. goal is to retire my husband. And then I want to get a house manager after that. Yeah. Cause I, it's I don't want to like do anything chicken in the egg do. because it's like, yeah. well, if you had the house manager now, you probably would hit that revenue goal faster True. But then I feel like mm-hmm. who's going to pay for the house manager if we haven't hit the revenue goal. So it's kind of like, yeah, 
chicken, egg, egg, chicken, you never know. It is. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about your mindset and how you handle everything, I guess, like with your family, with your business, like, is there anything that you've noticed even in the past couple of years that has drastically changed? Like what were you thinking a couple of years ago compared to where you're at now in your business? And has, have there any, have there been any big like light bulb moments that went out or any big transformations that happened for you? Yeah. So, I mean, throughout all of this, the one thing that has stayed constant is my faith. Cause I guess, I, I don't know how to describe it. I'm a Christian, but I feel like American Christianity is kind of like this I, something I don't really want to associate myself with, but I follow Jesus. So we'll just say that. Right. Um, but even within that, it's just having like that comfort and that peace. Even when we got like my daughter's diagnosis it's like, well, this is like a big thing. Right. And rather than just kind of freak out, I'm just like, okay, what is, you know, what does the word say about, you know, healing or faith or peace and things like that. But then even diving into, because coming into online world, eventually you're going to run into some type of manifestation coach, right? Like they're just out there just kind of waiting to like cross you off at the exit or something. But um, that's when I started learning about like manifestation and um, your, your, like your mindset and kind of like taking things from in your mind, taking them from an idea to them actually being in your life. And the biggest part of that for me came from the book, it's called The Power of Habit, but I also saw it, um, other people teach it too, where it's instead of just focusing on like the things that we see in front of us, like our habits, or our environment, what we're trying to do, but rather flipping it and really focusing on our identity and what we focus on, who we are as a person. And from there, everything is going to flow from that. So like, for example, um, I lost about 40 pounds after our third child, but before COVID and then they found me during COVID. So now I'm like, I'm releasing them so that they never come back and find me again. But even with that, my identity is I'm a fit person. Like I've always been a healthy, fit, trim person. This current reality is not aligning with who I see myself being. And so from that, I started um, deciding, well, what are the, what are my beliefs that I, that support this identity that I have? Okay. Based off those beliefs, what are the habits that I have? Which means now what, like now I'm going to the gym five, six times a week at 5.00 AM. Cause if I feel good, it aligns with my identity. If I, the times I try to go to the gym, eat better and do all these other like things that we know to do, like air quotes around things without having that identity. That's when it's like, I'll start next Monday. I'll start tomorrow maybe next month, maybe on the next new moon, the next full moon, the next half moon, the next, whatever, you know, sun rising, sunfall, whatever. It's just kind of like you haven't embodied it. So it's really hard to actually be it versus if you're just like, who am I? Who do I want to be? And just start acting like you're that person. Then those habits and everything really fall in line. It's been the easiest way for me to change anything, whether it's my business, my body, whatever is like, what is that identity? And what would this type of person, this type of business owner, this type of mom, this type of fit woman, like, what would they be doing in this situation? Is that what I'm doing right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm actually reading a book, the power of intention right now. I'm actually almost done with it by Wayne Dyer, Mm -hmm. which very similar to that book, the power of habit. I actually haven't read that one, but I will add it to my list because I I love books like that. I could read them constantly. And I'll link to both of those in the show notes for everybody, but um, one thing that I have noticed personally, and I don't know if you have too, is worthiness is a big part of it too. And actually not only creating those habits for yourself, but knowing that you're truly worthy of deserving that life that you envision for yourself too. Is, yeah. Have you had to do any 
worthiness exercises over the oh years. Oh my goodness. It's almost like which one haven't I done? Because that was a really, really big thing. And I didn't even realize that was the thing until I started doing like the deeper personal development. I don't want to call it work, but like the inner stuff is that work. we have to do, right? It is it's work. work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because just growing up, I was the one that was like, you know, homecoming queen and valedictorian and all this stuff. So I had tied a lot of my identity to like the things I was accomplishing and I'm worthy because I did this. I'm worthy because I got good grades. I'm worthy because I have a PhD. I'm worthy because I did X, Y, Z, right? And it's just kind of like, if you start to associate your worthiness with what you do versus you just being worthy just because of who you are, it's going to be a very, very long road. Um, And I realized that too, even in business, like we finally hit a seven figure run rate in my agency. And then a couple months later, it's just like, well, was that a dream? How can we have not been able to do that again? It's just like, you get there, but you can't stay there if you don't think that you're worthy, right? So I'm sitting over here trying to tweak stuff with my sales team or tweak stuff with our ads and doing all the tweaking. The tweaking needed to be inside because it's like, if you hit that and you don't think you're deserving of it or you didn't work hard enough for it or whatever, it's going to go just as fast as it came. And that's what I really had to work with last year of just realizing like, I am worthy of this level of success. Like this doesn't make me a bad person or, um, you know, all the things, so many different things that come up with it. But yeah, the worthiness thing is, it's a black hole of like possibility. There are like so many, it's like pulling, it's like pulling that string on like a dress. You're like, oh, let me just rip this off real quick. It's like, before you know it, like the whole arm is gone because it's probably bought it like forever 21 or something. But um, it's just, it, you know, it just kind of leads to the whole thing kind of falling apart because there's so many things that are intertwined with that. Oh my god! No offense absolutely. anybody who shops at Forever 21. I think they're out of business though. Anyway. I have not shopped there in years. I know I since I no was, yeah, for quite some time. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Uh, but I quickly realized that I was not 21 forever. So I was yeah. like, I don't need to be shopping here anymore. Anyway. Yeah. I'm like, at some point, the crop top's not going to fit in with my brand. Right. Um, anyway. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. And also, um, just to touch on that a little bit, when you set those really big goals, like you said, like you reach this six, seven, eight figure level in your business and you're not truly happy with it. You're always just going to continue trying to reach for that next level. Right. And I think that's oh, yeah, something, chasing that carrot. Exactly. Exactly. And that's something I think people, especially in the beginning stages of business need to know about as soon as possible, because we have people at every stage of business listening to the show mm-hmm. right now. And if you're in those beginning stages, start doing the work now, regardless, wherever you're at in your business, if you haven't done the work, do the work. Yeah. Um, Because that will not only catapult you to have more success, but it'll also make the process a lot more fun and easy and joyful too. Well, there's two things around that. I just want to share that have been really like, transformational for me when it, when it comes to that. So when we work in with our clients, because we focus on online entrepreneurs and helping them create that financial foundation, step two of that is actually having them define what is your idea of a fulfilled life. And we break it down into 10 different life domains, um, like physical, spiritual, emotional, like your marriage, stuff like that. And we ask them to put a price to that, right? Um, so if it's like, oh, well, my level 10 life is, I don't know, going to the South of France for like two times a year or whatever. It's like, well, how much does that cost? Let's break it down by the month and let's put that into your budget. And the reason we do that along with like, you know, regular expenses, like your water bill or paying your VA or paying your, you know, email provider or whatever is you now know that your target number is tied to your fulfilled life. It's not tied to some random number that got glorified and put on a pedestal 
online. Like, I, I don't know who came up with a 10K month. Like, what does 10K mean? If you live in <laughs> Iowa, yeah, maybe you're balling out of control. I could tell you right now, being in Southern California, 10K months are not going to take you very far because the other thing you have to remember is 10K gross does not mean 10K take home. If you spend, if you make 10K in a month, but, and I'm talking about 10K cash because people have all sorts of definitions of what a 10K month is, right? You can have a 10K month and have zero in your account because somebody, you know, paid their first deposit and they haven't paid the rest of it yet. Like everybody measures this difference. So first, don't get caught up in the number that people are displaying. Cause let me tell you, there's a lot of manipulation out there of the numbers, but you could have 10K gross, but if you have to pay your VA, you're paying your E- your email provider, your um, software, all the things, right? And then you're like taxes, right? Don't forget about taxes. A 10K month might actually end up being 4K take home, right? So we have to really figure out, well, what the, do those numbers mean for us? And then the second thing that was transformational for me was we're not really going after a revenue goal. Like I know it sounds like, okay, we're going after this number. What we're really going after is a feeling that we think that number is going to provide. Oh, I've really made it when I've hit a 10K month or a 50K month or my first six-figure month. It's like, well, the feeling is always there. You can choose to feel that way now. And the sooner you can feel however you think you're going to feel when you actually hit that revenue target is going to make it a lot easier. And it's going to kind of, I don't know, put you in that state that's going to bring those opportunities to you more versus putting it on the pedestal and making it like this big thing. And the bigger the, the bigger you make it, the harder it's going to be to achieve, which is why a lot of times if you're like, oh, I'm going for that 20K month and you just focus on 20K, 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 if you change it just to say, you know what, I want a 22K month, boom, it might just happen because now you've skipped over whatever this thing that you've been glorifying and obsessing about, and you've gotten to another number that means absolutely nothing to you. I've never seen any Facebook ad about a 22K month, right? So it's kind of like not, you have to kind of take things off of that pedestal and make mm-hmm, sure that yeah. the number you're going for is actually something that's meaningful to you or else you're just going to be chasing the next thing. Yeah. And one thing that you mentioned in there, which I, you went over very quickly is that feeling, the feeling yes. of actually achieving it because that. I mean, I don't want to dive too much into manifestation, law of attraction, quantum physics, all of that, but that's really what it boils down to is Mm -hmm. actually feeling like you've already done it. You have to actually feel it and believe it before it's going to show up in your 3d reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those books that I'm linking below, I'm does the power of habit talk about that. Cause the power of intention does No, the power of habit is more like how you can set your goals and achieve it. And, uh, and but from an identity type of focus versus, okay. uh, Oh, let me just break these down into some steps and put them in my calendar. It's like, okay, good luck with that. Yeah. Well, how's, there's how's another that been called... working for you. <laughs> exactly. There's another book called happy pocket full of money, which I'll also link that really breaks down like the actual science behind how all of this works. So oh, yeah, I love science, obviously, but <laughs> yeah. have you read that book at all? I haven't, but I will definitely have it in my cart. Yeah. It's, it's a really good one. It, it really simplifies things for people like me who don't understand science yeah. at all. No, so I love all that, really all the science geeky stuff and yeah. reading. My kids are like, Oh, what book is coming today? Like, right. it's like, we don't need to wait for Christmas. Amazon prime day is every day. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So I want to, since we were talking about numbers, I want to dive into what people really want to hear about, which is Uh all of these numbers behind the launches, all of these numbers that we're seeing people talk about, but what's actually happening. And of course you don't have to mention any names, please don't mention any names. Um, But I know you talked about this a little bit with those 10K and 20K months and 
how we need to factor in our freedom goals and Mm -hmm. taxes and expenses and all of that. But do you just want to dive into that a little bit more so that you can give people like a real look at what's actually happening behind the scenes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have one specific example I'll use, obviously, uh, I won't use any real names here, but let's just say I, I, cause I used to, um, we talked about like my career transition, but how I got into the online world was as a coach and then becoming an ads manager for coaches and online providers before I decided to niche down and do everything I'm doing now. So anyway, so I got to manage the ad campaigns for a lot of names that most of your listeners will probably be familiar with. But I remember it was this one coach I was working with. And she was like, hey, let's promote. I just had like a 30K month. Like, this is really great in this niche because it's not like your usual niche. And, um, you know, we really want to put that out there. And I'm like, okay, great. But her invoice was like two weeks overdue. And I was like, hey, kind of like, I have no problem doing this. But like, what's going on? She's like, oh, I don't have the money yet. I'll give it to you in like another week. And I'm like, but what happened to this 30K launch? And at the end of the day, I think she had like um, some people sign up for her program, but it's like the payment plan. So even though she's saying it's like a 30K month cash collected was probably closer to like maybe nine or 10 K, right. Which is still, you know, a decent month, depending on what, what your goals are and things like that. But then cash collected minus your expenses, including your ads manager, who was not getting paid at the time. Um, it adds up where you don't have take home. And, and if the whole like illusion is, Oh, I'm traveling to Paris and look at my brand show brand photo shoots in front of like the Eiffel tower and like all these things, all that stuff to create that illusion of success costs money. Um, so that's just one thing. And then the other thing is when people have like these multiple six figure or seven figure launches, I just want to put it in perspective of if you have, let's say a seven figure launch, but if it costs you $600,000 and let's just say expenses to get that million dollar launch, it's not quite the same effect to be like, yeah, we had a $400,000 launch, which is like the actual profit from that, right? It's still a great launch. But again, by the time you pay for your team members and all that, it's just, It's just a a very, very different reality between your gross revenue, which is like total receipts collected eventually, right? Then there's cash collected, which is stuff that you actually have now that's hitting your Stripe account or your bank account, your take home, which is actually what's going from your merchant account into your personal account, right? So there's a lot of different ways you can break up a million dollars. I mean, I think there's a very popular funnel software out there that gives out awards for hitting a million dollars that will remain nameless, but there's people who are just buying those awards. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to figure out like, what are your goals? Again, going back to like, what's your definition of a fulfilled life and what do those numbers actually mean for you? And just stick to that, put like the blinders on like the horses, you know, and just stay focused on what it is that you're trying to do. Cause I know I used to get caught up in, wow, they did a million dollars in six months. Like that was so quick. Like, why is it taking me so long? I know, let me buy this next course with this super shiny sales page. Let me get another coach. Let me sign up for another mastermind. Oh, they use this tool. I'm going to switch from the tool I've known and loved for five years to the tool that they said they use. Cause that's clearly the secret to a million dollar launch, not knowing that their million dollar launch cost them $950,000. You know, like you might be ahead of the game when it comes to the numbers that really matter. And you don't know, cause people don't share that part. Not a lot of people. Some people do. Yeah. I muted myself. So my son wasn't screaming in the background, but I was laughing while you were saying <laughs> a lot of those things. Yeah. First of all, the funnel software, just <laughs> if you know, you know, but yeah, um, up, bros, but anyway, yeah. no. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Oh my gosh. So funny. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's enough transparency. I, I think it's becoming more commonplace now for people to share their actual 
real cash collected numbers, which I'm happy to see. But I also know, like you said, in the beginning stages or even middle, wherever you're at in your business, until you understand your worthiness more than anything, it's really easy Mm -hmm. to chase those numbers. And like you said, chase those tools that other people are using Buy the courses, investing with the people who are posting about all of these numbers, but more than anything, you need to understand and correct me or like, tell me what your opinions are on this. You need to understand that your specific goals that you have for your life, for your business are not the same as somebody who's having seven plus figure launches and potentially working 90 hours a week. Right. Exactly. Like you never really know the behind the scenes story of what we're seeing online. And I think I don't, I don't know, I don't know who said this, so I'm not claiming it as my quote, but basically they were saying social media is like the highlight reel of the movie, but while you're living the behind the scenes with craft services and makeup people coming in at like 5am and all this stuff, people don't see all that. No, they just see oh, here's like the highlight. Here's them winning the Oscar. Here's them winning the Emmy. But you don't see them getting up every morning at 5 a.m. to do a three-hour workout. You don't see them like Beyonce doing a master cleanse for 10 days or however long she did it so she can fit in that super tiny dress and dream girls, right? Like we don't see all the hard work that goes into it. Because if you're trying to get to a, you know, let's just say your first, I don't know, six-figure launch, like some guy did who is not married, who doesn't have kids, who has a team of 20 and you're comparing that to you, let's just say being married with a couple kids, you're the primary caretaker of the kids and it's you and like a VA in the Philippines or something or wherever your VA is, right? Why, like those aren't even on the same level. Like there's no way, like if you're gonna try to do his launch, what are you gonna figure out how to get 96 hours in one day? Like that's gonna be impossible. And then you're gonna be disappointed because you had unrealistic expectations think that it's not for you, think that you're falling behind everybody else when really you're probably ahead of where most of the people are because the only people who actually fail at this game are the people who give up. Yep. Oh, I love that. The only people who fail are the ones that give up. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's so true. And I have personally gotten stuck in the comparison trap more times than I can count by looking at, like you said, people who were single or maybe if they had kids, maybe they have childcare mm-hmm. all the time, or like you said, have the massive teams. And that's actually why I created this podcast. It's literally called behind their business so that we can yeah. see what's happening behind the business because yeah, well, behind so most people- businesses is like the hot mess express. Like even yep. for those big launches, it's like, well, how do you think it is managing 20 different personalities? Like, it's not like they're just waking up like, Oh, let me go sit my pina colada by the pool with my laptop for this photo for my ad. It's like, no, like they're still going through it too. Like everybody has their own thing that they're dealing with and you are like you, you have your stuff, they have their stuff. Everybody just has their stuff. Like, it's not like you get to some level and automatically it's just like, oh, I have no more business problems because I'm making this amount of money. Um, and I think Alex Sharpen says something to the effect of, um, if you have a successful business, you'll always have problems or something like the more you grow, the more problems you'll have. I don't know. It's not it's, Google it, but he's basically saying like, if you don't have any issues or problems in your business, you're not growing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't even fathom the number of issues that companies like Amazon have or, oh, yeah. or Walmart, like they're just filled with <laughs> problems. Oh, like Amazon, Jeff I can not- tell you, Amazon made a $5,000 mistake with us once. So they had to credit us $5,000. So yeah. Can you share that story? Do you mind sharing that yes, story? Yeah. Just, okay. So here's I'm the thing. Intrigued. So as a financial planner, I'm always like, max out your HSA, max it out. Like this was our FSA. So your flexible spending account, this is the one where you use it or lose it. So if you don't use it on like healthcare supplies or whatever, by the end of the year, 
it's gone forever versus your health savings account where it rolls over, you can invest it, a whole bunch of stuff you can do there. So we had an FSA at my, my employer at the time. I was like, oh, we have to use this stuff. So I was like, bright idea. Why don't I just order a bunch of stuff on Amazon that's on like the list of approved purchases and just return it so that way we've used it. It's people can still use the product. Like it's a win-win for everybody, right? We don't lose our money. So condoms were on the list. I was like, great. I'll just buy a bunch of condoms from Amazon. I will just return them so somebody else can use them. We'll get our money back. That way we haven't lost this money. So before I did that, I was like, let me just double check. I can do this. So I'm chatting with Amazon. They're like, yeah, you could totally do that. It's a returnable item. Not a problem. All right, cool. So pay now $5,000 of condoms or whatever it was. Go to return. It's like, oh, this is a non-returnable item. And I was like, "Uh, no, I have a screenshot of a chat that said it was. They're like, oh. Well, that person made a mistake. So we're going to go ahead and credit your account back and just keep them. So we were stuck with like all these boxes of condoms for like months. We ended up like giving them away, like during like my sister-in-law's garage sale as like freebies. Like, oh, hey, thanks so much for buying this old crib. Here's a package of like 25 condoms for you. So like, and then like we had kids like sneaking up to the side, like, can I just get one of them? Like, here's a whole 10, have fun. Not too much though, but just in case you do, you know. So, yep, that's my my Amazon condom five thousand dollars oh story. <laughs> I'm dying laughing right now. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> so yeah, you know, so every business has problems. Right. Exactly. Moral of the yes. story. Moral of the story. Right. Or if you need any condoms, Portia, maybe. Yeah. Well, they're gone now. They're gone. <laughs> so you know, like I said, don't go to Portia. <laughs> don't, don't go to me anymore. No. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. That's so funny. (laughs) So first of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing all of that, especially that incredible story (laughs) at the end. But for people who are really like struggling with um, these expectations that they have for themselves and um, just trying to manage it all and not get into that comparison trap. I know that's a lot of what we've been talking about in this, mm-hmm. um, episode. Do you have like maybe one big tip, like as one big takeaway that they can start implementing in their life? Yeah. My biggest takeaway would be to take some time to just sit, be quiet, which I know for me is very hard to do because my mind is always racing. Like, what do I have to, I'm hungry. What's for lunch. Did I forget a kid somewhere? Right. But like actually sit and figure out what, would be your ideal life, fulfilled life. Think about different areas. What does that look like for you? How much do you need for that life to actually happen and make that your goal? Now, maybe that's a far stretch from where you are right now. Break it down in increments. If you're at like a level three right now and you're like, okay, I know what my level 10 is, figure out what level four is and use that for your business, right? So that will also help you too with like your goals. So if you're making 2000 a month or 20,000 and you're like, well, I wanna be making 50,000, break it down. You know, it's like, well, you know what? If you're at that $2,000 level, aim for 3,000, right? If you're at that 20,000 level, shoot for 25. Prove to yourself you can do it and then keep kind of going from there. But like really just define success for yourself because if you let other people do it, it's going to be a moving target that's going to be frustrating. It's going to be draining. You're going to feel overwhelmed. You're going to feel like you're not enough. Like all the negative feels come with somebody else telling you what success is and you need to figure out how to define that for yourself. Love it. That's the perfect way to end this episode. Thank you for sharing all of that. And if people want to connect with you, where's the best place to find you? Yeah, the best place will be helloportia.com. So that's going to be Portia, P-O-R-T as in Tom, I-A. It's not like the car, it's from Shakespeare. Uh, so yeah, so helloportia.com. And that's going to be the hub of everything else that's going on from there. Perfect. Yes. Go find Portia. Go 
learn from her because she is brilliant when it comes to the financial side of running a business. So thank you again for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Behind Their Business podcast with me, Steph Blake of the Blake Collective, which is a female-led company focused on helping online entrepreneurs start and scale their own businesses. If you or someone you know would make a great guest for the show, we would love to interview you. Visit our website at behindtheirbusiness.com to submit a short application and learn more about the show and how you can support our mission. If you enjoyed the show, we would love for you to share it with a friend or a loved one too. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thank you again for listening to the Behind Their Business podcast.